You're listening to... No, that's not real. You're listening to The Heidi Rue Show. Yeah, that's better. Inspiring. Entertaining. Real. The Heidi Rue Show. Let's get this show on the road, shall we? Okay. Um, today, I have an awesome guest who is like... She just will drop the wisdom bombs on you today. I I can guarantee that for sure. I have Dr. Sean Haywood here on the Heidi Rue Show. So Dr. Haywood, Dr. Sean, she is a life coach. She is a speaker. She is an author. She is an overall just amazing human being. And listen to this. This is so cool about her. Yeah, her cool factor is going to go up for you when I tell you this. So her and her husband have traveled the country for four years in their Airstream. Oh yeah, going on adventures. She works out of her Airstream. He does too. And so cool. So now they've actually settled down a little bit. They are settled in Asheville um, and they've like totally regutted and done an interior of their home together. They're doing a, a garden, 22 raised beds. Is that right, Sean? That's right. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's going to be fantastic. But um, Dr. Haywood, she works with small business owners, professionals, and companies, and she really helps them to achieve at high levels while making sure that reducing stress, frustration, overwhelm, anxiety, you know, all the stuff that comes with actually like owning a business (laughs) and living just a more freeing life and loving life and just feeling so refreshed. So the how let me tell you how i met sean first of all before we go into the question so Sean and I go way back, all the way from like a small group that we were a part of years and years ago, um, a marriage ago for me, and um, I guess for you too. Um, yeah. But anyways, and we've stayed in touch, and Sean has helped me over the course of a couple of years even work on my business. And what's so cool about her is that she is so um, knowledgeable about all kinds of things in all different areas um, as a as a counselor as a life coach it was such a great fit for me because she helped me with my business she helped me with like my mindset with even eating and food something that I've struggled with for years um, she's helped me with my mindset on finances marriage I mean everything it was just incredible so I'm going to stop talking and I I feel like I hopefully I've built her up enough to where you're like okay Shut up, Heidi. Let Sean talk. Um, And today we're going to talk about something um, that is on everyone's minds. I mean, we just, you know, came through the new year. Everybody's making resolutions or goals. So, Sean, I wanted to get your perspective on that and your wisdom and advice. But first, before I do that, let me ask you this. What the heck is the difference between a resolution and a goal? Is there a difference? Okay. Okay, well, first, thank you for that glorious introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that, and I love being here with you. I'm so excited. Okay, so the difference between a goal and a resolution. So I would suggest in some ways it's kind of like splitting hairs, right? So oftentimes it could be how we set up the goal or the resolution, but in my experience, where I see resolutions fall short is in their kind of vague descriptions, right? So sometimes, um, or I would say most of the time since New Year's resolutions are really uh, almost at their fail point 
now, right? Some people make it into February, but very few people keep their resolutions going past February, where goals oftentimes have a, a bit more staying power. So um, really, the main thing around goals versus resolutions is that goals tend to be um, a little bit meatier, right? They might have more specificity. They might have more detailed actions. Um, and where resolutions oftentimes have this really huge deprivation factor to them that makes them unsustainable. What do you mean by the deprivation factor? So when we think of New Year's resolutions, of course the number one resolution is tied to losing weight and getting more fit. And I think it's a really interesting concept because people go into resolutions like that with a deprivation mindset. So anytime we feel deprived, there will be an equal or greater binge. That is just how we function as humans. And so when goals or resolutions are set up in a deprivation framework, we are absolutely destined to flop. And, you know, people come at these resolutions with the best intentions, but because they say, oh, no more chocolate cake, only salads, I have to go to the gym every day when people haven't been working out for five years, right? So they're, they're setting themselves up to feel deprived, to feel put out, to feel like it's things that we should be doing versus things that are joyful and exciting and curiosity invoking and interesting. And so anytime we have this deprivation thing going on in the back of our mind, inevitably our little inner rebel is going to jump up and say, don't tell me what to do. I'll sit on the couch and then I'll sit on the couch one more day and then one more day. Or don't tell me what to do. I'll have five cookies. And so we just kind of start to set up resolutions in a really backward way where Maybe if it were a business goal or, or something else that were outside of the framework of resolutions aren't put to a deprivation framework and can have, you know, the ability to be a little bit more sustainable. Hmm. So is that the reason why many people's uh, their resolutions or their goals don't last very long? I think that there are three main reasons that goals and New Year's resolutions kind of do a face flop or a belly flop <laughs> in a short time. And the first one is that they are really flimsy most of the time, not enough meat, they're not tied to values, or they're not heart-centered. And anytime we put something out there that's not value-driven or heart-centered, um, it's, you know, it's just not a sustainable thing. So if I want to lose weight because I just want to be skinnier, people do not sustain weight loss for the purpose of being skinnier. They just don't. And if they did, there wouldn't be 700 different types of diets out there. <laughs> we would just say, hey, I'd like to be skinnier. I'm going to eat more salads and less fries, and we'd go on our merry way. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. But it, it just doesn't work that way. So that type of goal or New Year's resolution is too flimsy. Women lose weight to um, thin down for a wedding. And then, you know, within six months, she's regained the five or the 50 pounds because 
that's not a sustainable, heart-centered reason to lose weight. Now, um, the next piece is that, you know, oftentimes they're not specific enough or don't have detailed actions. So we might know, um, and we can kind of just stay on the on the weight loss and the gym piece because it's an easy one for people to relate to. Sure. Um, if we want to get healthier, if we want to lose weight, and we have a really heart-centered reason for that, like, I want to feel good, or I'm depressed or anxious, and fitness and it makes me feel good, cutting out gluten for many people, the majority of people, lessens depression and anxiety. So there could be some really, you know, juicy reasons to shift our eating habits. And then there make that that adds some specificity specificity to it and then you can look at what are some detailed actions so i'm going to eat healthier that is not a tight <laughs> enough framework for people to navigate really cleanly right but adding one vegetable a day and removing french fries well those are two really achievable things and if you're re- removing french fries but keeping pizza for some period of time, well, that's a, also a space that our brains can go, yeah, I can live with that. I'm not going to feel deprived without french fries, but don't be taking my pizza away quite yet, right? And so stair-stepping is another piece of creating sustainable change. Um, and then, you know, around that is when we make our goals or our New Year's resolutions too vague, you know, that all folds together like it's just not a sustainable model. And then the third piece we've already touched on is the deprivation factor. So if you take away my pizza, my cheese, my French fries, my burgers, (laughs) you know, it's just too much. Our brains are like, oh, I can't can't handle that. We can't do that. That's too much change at what time. And then add in, we're going to go to the gym every single day. Again, it's, it's overwhelming. It's overloading. And we'll end up having that little rebel voice pop in and say, okay, we've had enough. We're just going to go have fun and have pizza and beer and sit on the couch. (laughs) Why is it, though, that because for some reason, and maybe I'm the only one out there, but it feels so good like the night before, you're like, okay, tomorrow morning, I'm going to, you know, juice every meal of the day, I'm going to go and do my workout. Like, why does that feel so good just to even kind of declare that? Does that make sense? Or am I the only one that feels that way? No, you are definitely not the only one. One of many, many millions. <laughs> yeah, it's like I kind of get off on even just creating this um, almost like utopian type of um, goal or something like that. And that isn't achieved. I mean, it's just way too much and too hard. But for some reason, like I feel really good when I think about it. Yeah. No, you're really on to something, Heidi, because we all love the idea of a better version of ourselves whatever that means, right? Like, that's exciting. That's inspiring. The the challenge isn't typically in the intention, right? The the overall New Year's excitement, like you just described, it's, it's a better version of me. I, I think that most of the time, the discrepancy in it is in the version of me that's achievable 
to this week. Right? And the version of me that's achievable in two weeks. So the um, my my husband and I actually do a couple weeks before the new year, we have our own kind of retreat where we set our goals and we figure out what is our do we need to shift our family values in any way for the next year and as as you already know Heidi we set up um, themes in our family like what theme do we want to set our year to instead of a a resolution and then we orient our businesses and our health and well-being and our marriage like everything then goes under that umbrella Um, and that is actually a, a really functional useful way to keep some of your objectives moving. Um, so we have our retreat time in doing all this and making things, you know, really, um, really exciting, really inspiring, but also achievable. So the things that we set up for ourselves for this year, there's no way we could have done even two years ago. Definitely not the Sean five years ago. And so what what you're kind of talking about is the of change and bettering ourselves, but not necessarily meeting me where I am today. Yeah. So that removal of French fries for an entire year, that might be where somebody is. Um, it could be, you know, with, with a business strategy, it might be, okay, I'm going to commit to one marketing strategy just one and I'm going to see it out for an entire 12 month cycle so we tend to bite off way more than we can chew and have expectations for ourselves that that aren't where we are that just aren't being you know even maybe honest with ourselves or that we haven't evolved or grown up emotionally enough to um to match up to the desires that we might have, but our desires are good. They just need to be piecemealed. Like, okay, I can reach this. I don't know when, but here are the first two steps that I can take toward this goal that are actually achievable for where I am right now. Right. I just heard the author of The Happiness Project um, speak, and she used a phrase that I loved, and it has been going over and over in my mind since I heard it, but she just said, all I, all I tell myself is better than before, better than before. And I thought that is so good, especially for someone like me that tends to be more of a perfectionist. It's like, just think about today better than before, even if it's just getting out of bed, (laughs) you know, whatever it takes just to be better than before. And then it's like, I love that you celebrate these victories that I never would have celebrated before, you know? Yeah. It's just a shift. What about those times or those people that are listening maybe right now and going, okay, listen, I probably should have listened to this a long time ago because I'm already kind of in a depression or frustration because I haven't even lasted that long with resolutions and I've totally screwed it up and and so many people out there, including myself, too, you know, I screw up one time or I have that one little piece of chocolate or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, screw it up. You know, I, I can't do this. I'm just going to stuff myself and go crazy, which I don't know why. we, Why do we do that? And how do we how do we prevent that? How can we survive that? That is such a great question. And. 
gosh, the, the biggest thing that's coming to mind, Heidi, is self-compassion. And the way that we are so quick to sell ourselves down the river, to throw the baby out with the bathwater, and to just kind of assume that we failed instead of looking for the progress, as you had just shared, right? It's like, if we don't do it perfect, then progress isn't good enough. And it's like, okay, well, normally I would have binged out on 15 cookies, and this time I only ate 10. That is literally progress. And um, as you know, um, a lot of the, the women that I work with in business also have um, emotional eating dependencies. So yeah. I really do believe that that is a space um, and whether it's eating or, or anything else that we feel like we have fallen down, to have or to grow the space around self-compassion. Um, years ago, I actually decided that I would no longer align with the idea of failure. I literally don't believe in it. I only believe in lessons. And taking the time to uproot that limiting belief so that I didn't have to respond in ways that went along with those old habits of failure, which also include shame and guilt and remorse, right? So there's a number of ways to tackle when we feel we have fallen down. You can literally just say, you know what, self? I've already fallen down. I feel sad and bad and mad and depressed and irritated with myself for falling down. So why beat myself up more? And people tend to think, if I'm hard on myself, um, I'll do better the next time. It is literally exactly the opposite. The harder we are on ourselves, the more we fall down. And the softer we are with ourselves, the more gentle, the more loving, the more we belong to, at the very least, myself, the more we tend to align with the things that we want to have. And I'll tell you, beating ourselves up is just the Achilles heel of progress. It keeps us stuck. It keeps us in negative thought patterns. It keeps us in limiting beliefs. Um, it's a, it's a, a sticky situation. So first and foremost, self-compassion is an amazingly transformational, beautiful way to help us meet our goals and objectives and then to just, you know, be like, hey, I'm human. I said I was going to not eat sugar. I ate sugar. Like, what's the big deal? Nobody died. I didn't murder somebody. Yeah. Right? And so allowing ourselves to not take ourselves so seriously, or I didn't make it to the gym today. That's fine. Or I didn't make it to the gym all week. That's fine, too. Or I have these writing goals, um, and, I, and I didn't get a chapter done in the time frame. Okay, fine. So it's extended a week. Or... You know, we have our whole lifetime to master anything we choose to master. And it really is true. We use progress over perfection and in my business. And now I, I can't remember the, what you said. That the Oh, um, better than before. Better yeah. than before. That is so great, too. And keeping in that um, mindset, that's, that's perfect. Better than before or progress over perfection is such a superior concept to, well, I failed. I guess I'll just eat a whole cake or I'll never work out again because I'm going to be, you know, a loser for the rest of my life. And that's literally where we let our minds go instead of 
okay, well, tomorrow's a new day. You know, you said something about shame, too, that I wanted to bring up and see if there was a correlation to, because I know that whenever I do feel bad about that stuff and that shame comes on me, I automatically, my um, my habits are to punish myself or to um, not punish myself, but yeah, kind of, I guess, punish myself, just mm-hmm. like, oh, you suck, so this is just how you're going to be. You're the lowest of the low. And what I did just the other week, I felt bad because I didn't get a chance to work out. And that's, I, um, I just, my body was just feeling yucky. I just, it, it was just, I don't know, it was a weird day. And so I felt that shame starting to come on. And so then I just started thinking, oh my gosh, hands, thank you that you're able to grab the steering wheel. Legs, thank you so much that you're able to get out of this car. And I just started going through all the things that I'm grateful for about my body. So instead of like starting to go down the rabbit hole of punishing it, I started to kind of, um, like you said, soften it and, and be kind to it. And that totally changed my frame of reference. Is that a good way to kind of um, battle some of these things? Does that work outside of like eating or working out too or? Oh, absolutely. That is a a perfect strategy. Yes, I love that strategy. And it's a way to shift into kindness, right? Like that is a beautiful strategy. Good job. Well, thank you. I I have a good life coach (laughs) that's worked with me for a while. (laughs) So just to kind of wrap up for the year ahead, what are some tips or strategies? And we've talked about so much. I feel like there's already some good nuggets in here. But if we could just kind of sum up maybe your tips and strategies for how can we kind of live the best life this year and and see at least some type of fruit for from our goals or progress? Right. Okay. Um, so let's look at a couple that are really actionable for people. So the first one, let's maybe reframe um, meeting ourselves where we are, right? Like being really honest with where I am today and choosing an action that I know I can be accountable to, right? So instead of I'm going to lose 100 pounds or I'm going to stop doing this thing altogether or I'm going to make a million dollars, you know, whatever it might be, looking at and being really honest with where I am now, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and then saying, What is something I can be totally accountable to for 30 days? So I have a lot of clients who want to learn to meditate. And I tell people, do not try to meditate more than five minutes a day for at least 30 days. But it's probably going to be like 90 days. Just don't do it. (laughs) If you're going to start journaling, you journal three sentences. And that's it for 30 days. And it's because you want it, you want changes to be really easy. So our brain starts to get used to, oh, well, that was easy. Look at the payoff. This is awesome. What's next? What's next? What's next? And then we can build that change muscle to be able to take on more and more difficult things. But if we start 
our first day at the bottom of Mount Everest and go, oh my gosh, ah, I'm never going to make it up that. Well, if you've never been hiking, you're probably not going to make Mount Everest, right. right? So being really honest about where we are and making changes that we know we can make. And then maybe one other piece is um, I like people to look at the payoff between where they are and where they want to be because sometimes if we're not being really honest with ourselves, we will lose out to our old habits because the payoff for old habits is higher than the payoff for new habits. So um, one thing I'd like to give as an example is gossiping. So when you ask people, is gossiping good? Most people are going to say, no, it's not good. It's, some, it's usually mean-hearted. We're talking about people who aren't even present. And we're just, you know, probably not being very kind. And then you go, well, can you, do you want to stop gossiping? And people go, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd really love to stop gossiping. And when you put their money where their mouth is, gossiping has a really high in-the-moment payoff that we get a, that we literally can get a high from, right? So I'm talking to you, Heidi, about so-and-so, and, oh, I can't believe she said that, or he did this, and my boyfriend stinks so bad. And you're going, yep, that's right, girl, they stink. And I'm getting your approval, yes. and mm -hmm. I'm getting your support, right? So in the moment, that payoff is really high. And so we need to figure out, okay, what is the payoff for staying the same, keeping the habits that I have, and what is the payoff for making a small change? And is it worth it? Is the old payoff going to win out? Right? So we need to really know the payoffs and get clear about, about new payoffs and is it enough. And if it's not, then we need to reconfigure what our goals or New Year's resolutions are to make sure the payoff actually is high enough, the reward is high enough to be sustainable. Yeah. That is so great. I feel like there's... I mean, just in this time that we're talking, there's just so many great nuggets of wisdom and actionable insights that we can do to really make this year awesome. So thank you so much, Sean. But before you leave, please tell people, first of all, how they can reach you. What if there's anything really cool that you're doing? Because I know you're always doing something amazing. Um, and then just how they can contact you. Because, I, I mean, I will be a great testimony as far as um, Sean has just changed my life as a counselor and life coach. And she has just really transformed so many areas of my life. And I'm so grateful to her. And I'm not the only one. I mean, you can go on her website and see a ton of testimonials um, the same. So Sean, how can people reach you? And then what have you got going on right now? Awesome. Well, thank you for that, Heidi. Yeah. So people can find me at Liberate my life.com um, and there's tons of free resources there that people can download and check out um, and I actually have a new online plus live telecourse coming up that starts at the end of February and registration is actually um, just went live for that and it's called freedom from chaos and um, there will be some pieces um, within that about just really securing sustainable change. And it, it escorts women. Um, it's a, a class 
for women at the six-week course, and it really focuses on escorting women out of painful or upsetting or irritating or just any kind of negative habit habits and limiting situations and moves them into a phase of, of like a really meaningful space of excellence and meaning, um, extreme clarity. I love the idea of getting so clear and focused before we take steps forward into any endeavor. And then another really beautiful piece around emotional freedom and um, kind of peace and tranquility. So that course is called Freedom from Chaos, and it starts at the end of February, um, and registration is happening now. Awesome. And I will link to that on all our social media sites, too, with the Heidi Rue Show on Facebook and my Instagram and all that stuff, too. So if you didn't, if you don't have a pencil handy, (laughs) then um, just go to the social media sites and we'll link for you there. Thank you again so much, Sean. Um, Thank you to everyone that's listening. Uh, I am so, so grateful for you. Um, You just don't even know. And if you have loved the show then um, leave a, leave a um, review on iTunes. I would be so appreciative or, um, or just subscribe or just shoot me a message. I would really appreciate it. So thank you so much, Sean. Thank you. I've loved being here with you, Heidi. You're so wonderful. As a Georgia peach, she loves pleasing people, so she wants to know how she can improve the show. So let her know either on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Heidi Rue. Also be kind because she's my wife. And if she has a bad day, then I'm really going to hear about it. 